and start. Welcome in, everybody. How y'all are? How y'all are? As the Cajun cook, Justin Wilson, used to say, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. That's right. Farm Bureau Insurance, your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Why? Because, man, they show up when you most need them. Things get rough. Things get scary. Maybe you have that. I hope not, but maybe you have that. Bang! Fender bender at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Nope. You're going to call your local Farm Bureau insurance agent because you were wise, you were smart, you made the right decision, you let Farm Bureau insurance handle all of your insurance, auto home life, and they're right there. It's somebody local who lives like five streets right down there, five blocks, one neighborhood over, just on the other side of town. And you know who they are. You see them face to face. What's up, everybody? Guess what day it is? Come on! 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 Come College football in the state of Mississippi. Yep. Cut a rug. Y'all ought to see JB. JB, cut it out. You're going to pull a muscle. I got more moves the next time. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But it's funny. Happy Hump Day. Joy says Happy Hump Day on Facebook. Same back at you, Caleb. On Periscope says, yeah, do the Humpty Dance. (laughs) All right, so uh, we're in. We're started. We're off and running. Danny says, Hail State from Ringgold, Georgia. Georgia. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to have a chit-chat with a guy who will be on the radio tomorrow night calling a college football game, but not here in the state of Mississippi. No, elsewhere. Uh, Mr. David Crane, I've known David for a whole lot of years, going way back, even got to work with him uh, a couple different times. But David Crane is the voice of UAB Blazers football on the radio. And again, if everything goes smoothly, we'll talk to David uh, in just a bit on the Divinity Equipment phone line. So speaking of, y'all call. Y'all call. You know how back in the day, JB, people used to say, y'all come. Yeah, yeah. That meant, hey, y'all come see us whenever you get a chance, right? Y'all come. Y'all, y'all come. come see us when you can. <laughs> yeah, the Hee Haw had a song about it. Yeah. Well, in in our case, since we're on the radio, listen, y'all call. It's the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. That's the number, 601 number, 995-1059. First, before football, we got some state stuff to talk about. Mississippi Flag Commission has selected the Magnolia flag as the final state flag design. It will be on the ballot November 3rd to be voted on by the public. There it is. You got it down to two options. 
Remember that? Got it down to two? There were two. Now there is one. It is the Magnolia flag. Which one's that, Matt? (laughs) All right. Well, that's the one that has, uh, try to picture this, on the edges of the flag, big red bars up and down vertical. In the middle, a big blue background in the middle. Kind of on the edges there of the red and blue, there's these little gold stripes. And in the middle, a picture, a big, nice picture. I guess a picture. What, I mean, it's not a picture. What is it? A, I don't know, a drawing? Artistic rendering. A rendering? Or artistic rendering. <laughs> a representation <laughs> of the magnolia flower that blooms on the magnolia tree. It's why it's called the magnolia flag. Around the magnolia, there's a bunch of stars. I don't know. What stars? One gold, some of them white. And underneath that, the words, kind of teeny tiny words. You look real close, but it says, in God we trust. So there it is. It's down to one. That one's going on the battle. I like it. I even put on Twitter that the uh, gold bars on it, you know, kind of like a good egg bowl uniform. Like a good egg, snazzy egg bowl uniform. <laughs> One gold bars on there. <laughs> I like it. Give me that. That's all right. Let's all vote that thing in and move on down the road. Uh, let me give you a heads up. Speaking of down the road. So uh, right now, JB's working on getting our friend and cohort, uh, Mr. David Crane, on the phone for us. Also today, scheduled to chat it up a little later in the show today in hour number two, Matt Moscona from ESPN Baton Rouge and New Orleans. His show there after further review in the afternoons. Matt does a great job. And Matt is going to talk with us a little bit about what's the reality right now for LSU. I mean, we're seeing these numbers. What is it? 70 scholarship players right now at LSU? I mean, that's, that's unheard of, especially for a team coming off a national championship, okay? So, look, uh, anyway... We've got our certain perceptions from our angle on it. Let's talk to a guy who's in the middle of it. We'll do that later in the show with Matt. And then later today, also, Brett Norsworthy from um, Sports 56 in Memphis. You hear Brett on pregame, postgame radio shows for Ole Miss football. That's all coming up uh, later. Right now, though, let's flip the switch. Here we go. On to the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota Dealer. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., which means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Right now on the phone, David Crane, voice of UAB Blazers football on the radio. And, man, he's about 24 hours, give or take a few, from kickoff. David, thanks for a little bit of time, man. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, and Matt, my hair is better and longer than it's ever been. <laughs> they won't let Unlike uh, Miss Pelosi, they won't let you go to the barber shop. Is that right? <laughs> you know, I'm still a little gun shy of that. Yeah. And, and uh, I, it's funny, I bumped into a, an SEC referee that lives here, football referee that lives here in Birmingham. This has been a couple of months ago. And I said, Has the commissioner not sent out uh, notices to you guys to get haircuts? And he said, Has. Has your boss not told you to go get a haircut? Touche. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, I've, I've still got the corona cut going right now. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I don't know how long it's been since you saw me, David, but I don't have that problem. Okay? I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Right? 
I don't have that issue. I, I cut my own hair, what little bit of it's left. But, hey, look, uh, we're hoping that we have a hair-raising time tomorrow night. How, how tickled are you, or uh, I guess maybe, like, anxious are you to get this ball game kicked off tomorrow night? All sorts of emotions. Excited, number one. You know, it, it, it's football season, uh, and thankfully there is football, maybe not as much as we're – as we're used to, and it's certainly going to look and feel different uh, inside the stadium and the folks watching on TV. Uh, but it's football, and it, it's great to have that to look forward to. Um, wasn't sure we would be playing, number one, wasn't sure we'd be playing football, period. Mm-hmm. Then didn't think we would be playing football tomorrow night uh, yeah. when New Mexico State um, had to back out because they're not playing football uh, at this point. But UAB got on the phones and, and really did a lot of work to, to try to line something up. And it's been about two weeks uh, since Central Arkansas uh, signed on the dotted line. So Coach Clark and company have been going pretty quickly trying to get a little scouting report. They got to see a little bit uh, on Saturday night when, when Central Arkansas played the first football game, period. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of a whirlwind, but but yes, excited and and. Uh, I'm not sure I have said these words often, but I cannot wait to be at Legion Field tomorrow. Night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's either it's either been a while or never for some folks. But you're right. Now it's good to hear those words, especially for me. You know, a kid who grew up in Alabama when Legion Field was kind of yep. everything back in the day. Uh, David, listen. Yep. Um, you mentioned Central Arkansas, so that's the opponent coming to Birmingham for tomorrow night's game. Um, they've did, did I read this right at the beginning of the week? They've been staying in a hotel in, in Birmingham all week. Like, they haven't left the state of Alabama since this past weekend. Right. They played Austin P. in Montgomery at the Crampton Bowl Saturday night uh, and then came to Birmingham after that and have stayed about three blocks from where I'm sitting right now and have been practicing at Legion Field. And, you know, UAB is, has uh, – footed the bill for testing for them, um, you know, set them up at the hotel. So it, it, it's, uh, it's been a unique scenario, mm-hmm. but I, I credit Coach Clark and, and the UAB administration for, for putting this deal together and, and allowing UAB to have a, a season opener tonight as opposed to having to open the season next Thursday night down in Miami against the Hurricanes. David Crane on your radio right now. He is the radio play-by-play announcer for UAB Athletics, and he'll be on the call tomorrow night for UAB hosting Central Arkansas at Legion Field in Birmingham. Um, So uh, you mentioned Legion Field. Is this the last year for UAB football at Legion Field with the new stadium being built? Fingers crossed. Okay. Uh, This will be the, the last season. Uh, the stadium is coming along great. It is right in the middle of downtown. If, if you drive through um, the heart of downtown Birmingham, you can see it uh, springing up, um, and it's exciting. Um, it will be great when we get into a protective stadium, as it will be called. I don't know if it will be the first game next year, okay. uh, but all all indications are that we will be playing at some point next season in that new stadium. So this is, you know, this is the last full year, I think. I think we can all safely say last full year of playing at Legion Field. We may have a game or two there next season, um, 
But it's, it's been a great run, especially since the return of, of UAB football. Right. Blazers have won 18 straight games, haven't lost at Legion Field. So, you know, we all joke about it. Um, it, it will be wonderful to be in a new state-of-the-art stadium next year. Uh, but it's going to be tough leave, leaving Legion Field. And, and hopefully the, the, the green and gold can scoop up some of the magic or, or whatever it is at Legion Field and, and bring it with us to the new stadium. It really is incredible. Uh, I'm just so impressed with Coach Clark and really even for me personally because of the Prattville thing, David, you know, even before he got to UAB, and I'm not at all surprised what he's been able to do there. Uh, one last thing, though, on, on the stadium. What becomes of Legion Field once UAB football does begin to play home games in the new stadium? What's going to happen to Legion Field? That's a that's a good question, and I truthfully don't know the answer. Okay. Uh, I, I don't I don't think they're going to tear it down. I think it will stay there. I would imagine uh, some high schools will use it. I, the Magic City Classic is a tremendous draw every year, um, I, and I don't know. I, I really mm-hmm. don't know the what the the future holds for it. Um, you know, it, it's you hate to see anything that has a legacy like that just totally. Uh, removed right. from the landscape, but um, it, it has certainly served its purpose. It's had its day, uh, and and I think um, you know it, it. It will be a, a great day when when UAB kicks it off in that new stadium. But there are there are a lot of fond memories uh, in that in that old building for a lot of people. Whether you're a, an Alabama fan, an Auburn fan, a UAB fan, a, an Alabama State, Alabama A&M, a high school player that got yeah. to play in a championship game there, it's got a got a long storied history, and, and again, a lot of a lot of happy memories for a lot of people over the years. That's right, David Crane on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone. David, play-by-play voice of UAB football, and they've got a game tomorrow night in Birmingham hosting Central Arkansas. Be the season opener for UAB. So this team for Bill Clark, nine wins a year ago, and and it was like the only thing unexpected about <clears throat> nine wins last year, it seemed like, David, for UAB, was a couple of unexpected lopsided losses that kept them from having a really just incredible special season. So what about this year's team that we're going to see on the field tomorrow night? Where, how do they stack up, and, and what is their potential? It, you know, all those first game question marks for, for everybody. But I, I think the, the interesting part about this program since, since the return, most everybody thought last year would be a big drop off because UAB lost 30 some odd seniors from the Conference USA championship team the year before. That's incredible. There was a slight drop-off. They they only won the division title (laughs) last (laughs) year, so I guess there was a a drop-off. But um, there's a lot more experience coming back this year, a lot of experience really on both sides of the ball. I think he loves the depth that he's got on defense this year, and that's that's Bill Clark's calling card. Mm -hmm. Uh, He loves defense. He loves special teams. and he, he wants his offense to score a lot of points and never, ever, ever turn the football over. But, um, but you know, there were a few bumps in the road last year, some injuries. Um, but I, I think nine wins, a bowl game, a division title, a chance to play for the conference championship, I think people were maybe pleasantly surprised with what they saw last year. And that just sort of elevates the bar a, a little bit this season. Um, Eleven games on the schedule. They were able to replace two of the uh, – games, the, the 
two non-conference games that were lost. They were able to replace those. We did have one conference game go away when Old Dominion opted out of, of fall sports. Mm-hmm. So uh, Blazers have an 11-game regular season schedule, and I, I certainly hope we can get all 11 in. Yeah, it's, it's like when I played 100 years ago, 11 games. I don't think it's any big deal. You know, I mean, that's what we used to always have, and then yeah. it went to 12. Um, I want to ask you about Bill Clark. I remember talking to you, David, on the pregame stage for our radio show in at State prior to the 2014 game. UAB at Mississippi State. This is 2014. Dak Prescott on the other sideline, all that. State went to number one. Yeah. And UAB almost pulled it off. It was a shootout at the end, a really exciting game. Yeah. But I remember that conversation before the game. I'm talking to you and about Bill Clark, telling you how big a fan I am of his. And I think I made some flippant statement like, you know, it ain't going to be long before one of these SEC schools comes and, and plucks him away or something like that. You know, and you said to me, yeah, I don't know. I think he kind of likes it at UAB and may stay a while. Okay, well, we now, <laughs> we now know the history. Since then, you were a prophet yep. because not only has he not gone away, but he had a pretty doggone good excuse to there when they didn't have a team for two years. How special is not only what he's doing, but in the environment he's done it at UAB? It's remarkable, and it's a, it, would, it would make a great book. It would make a great movie. Uh, I'm not sure anybody would ever believe it, mm-hmm. that it was true. Um but he uh, he has shown amazing loyalty to UAB. As you said, two years without football, he stuck around. And, uh, look, I, I think he's had chances to leave UAB. I don't know specifics. I don't know if there's ever been a, a contract offer on his desk from another school. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think he is a very intelligent man. He understands sort of what he's got going at UAB right now. Is it Power 5 status? No. Are you on national TV every week? No. But he's got it going. Mm-hmm. He's got a good thing going. He is beloved at the school. The community loves him. They have really jumped on board supporting UAB. So, you know, he's got a good thing going. But he is a, he is a football coach. Uh, I'm sure there is a little ego in there somewhere. I, I don't see it much if at all but um i think and i've said this to several people probably since you and i talked that day he may be here forever he may leave after this season but if he leaves i think it will take a very special place and a and a unique situation to get him out of birmingham he's not going to go chase money somewhere just to make a ton of money um it, it would have to be the absolute perfect fit I think to to get Bill Clark out of UAB. Well, um, he's something else. You know, people get over here. Frankly, they get tired of hearing me say it. Uh, the old thing of he'll take your players and beat his, or take his players and beat yours. Yep. That's just kind of the yep. way he is. So I can't wait to watch the season kick off tomorrow night, David. Man, it is a real pleasure for me personally to get to hear your voice, talk to you a little bit. Uh, I'm going to listen in tomorrow night online. Can't wait for kickoff at seven. And thank you so much for coming on. And tell uh, tell Coach Kennedy uh, a big howdy from all the folks in his home state for us when you see him. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I've got it good right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we get to play football. I get to work with Bill Clark, 
And as soon as we ever get to tip off basketball season, I get to deal with Andy Kennedy. My, my life is pretty dang easy. I just get to show up and have fun and, and hopefully call a bunch of wins. Look, post game, post game in basketball is going to be a hoot, win or lose. I promise you that. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's sad. We did some Zoom meetings this summer, and my hair was beginning to, to, to get to the point it's at now, and, yeah. and Coach Kennedy would make some remarks about it. And I think, <laughs> you know, jealousy just doesn't suit you. <laughs> that is not a good look for you. That's right. Don't be envious of, of what some of us have, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is. He'll respect that. David, I appreciate you, man. Talk to yep. you soon. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. That's David Crane. Play-by-play announcer, UAB football, UAB basketball, baseball on the radio. Busy guy. Uh, known David for a long time. Uh, over 10 years ago, did a couple of you know TV slots with David in the old uh, on the old CSS network. Every time Mississippi State and Alabama would play in Tuscaloosa, I'd uh, go over there and call the game with he and Chris Stewart. <clears throat> kind of got to know him a little bit then and then follow their careers, but... Does a heck of a job on the radio, and they are having some fun. They're in the postseason every year at UAB before and after killing the program, and now they got Andy Kennedy over there doing basketball. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kick in Birmingham. You can watch it online. Watch ESPN, ESPN3. Central Arkansas 1-0. It'll be the season opener for UAB. Stick around. We got some stuff to get to, me and you. Stay with me. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. A conversation right off the bat. Interview on the Divinity Equipment phone with David Crane of UAB Football on the radio. The Blazers Radio Network. I'm in Birmingham. They're still playing at Legion Field, and that's where they'll host Central Arkansas tomorrow night. 7 o'clock kick. And then at 8, the first nationally televised uh, FBS versus FBS. Well, the first FBS versus FBS, D1 versus D1 ball game in the whole land. 8 p.m. tomorrow night, Southern Miss hosting South Alabama. Can't wait for that tomorrow night. By the way, talking about UAB, Dave on Facebook said, shout out to my boy Carter Wood, plays for UAB. Carter is the son of Little Dewey's owner, Bart Wood. How about that, JB? My favorite barbecue place. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, man. Mine too. Or as a friend of mine says, barbecue. 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 <laughs> man, I love little dudes. Yes. And so Bart's son, Carter, uh, playing over there at UAB. Uh, I just saw this. Try this on for size. Put this in your pipe and smoke it. Well, not literally. Uh, from Brandon Marcello. 24-7 sports. Y'all ought to follow Brandon on Twitter. I don't follow him, but I've got him on a list. I went ahead and purged just about my entire list of people I follow on Twitter. I, I'm not going to go through with like getting rid of Twitter, but I only follow now like my family members and one, uh, Mississippi State football and one person I work with, and that's it. <laughs> Everybody else, though, that I'm interested in, I got them all on lists on Twitter, so I can just keep up with whichever list I want to look at at a certain time. And so I've got Brandon Marcello on my college football list. 
And he says, um, "Are you a little OCD?" Oh no, no, no! Okay. I don't. I don't. I really yeah. don't think I am. Uh, okay. Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe a little. You know, everything's got to be symmetrical. I got to line everything up. That's about it. You, you keep know. all your long sleeve shirts in one place and short <laughs> sleeves in another. No, see, that's it. I'm not. I'm not even yeah. nearly enough of a neat freak to to classify as OCD. Why do you ask? Well, you just you're very talented in compartmentalizing your social media, and so I just wondered if that carried over <laughs> into other areas of your life. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's not OCD. I think those kinds of things I've been forced to do it because I'm trying to juggle so many things right. on, on my work plate every day. Yeah. That I can't, I've gotten to a point where I just simply can't afford for a single distraction to slip in there. Yeah. I, I just don't have time for you. it. All right. Uh, I, I call that discipline. <laughs> well, 43, it's about time. You know what I'm saying? Keep uh, working, man. Yeah, working. I'm getting there. Brandon says UAB had one positive COVID test uh, this week. It's a player already redshirting this season. And that Central Arkansas had zero positive tests heading into this morning's testing. So, in other words, the two teams that are playing tomorrow night, here they are on Wednesday the day before. And this is uniform, y'all. This is something we got to get used to. Okay? Throughout the season, this is going to happen. You're going to have games on Thursdays and Saturdays, and you're going to have testing on Wednesday. The Wednesday is going to be, you know, like the last test, but it'll be a regular test day for football teams across the country. According to everybody's protocol that I've read, including the SEC, Wednesday will be a test day. So like Central Arkansas and UAB, they are testing today, the players, and I guess those results maybe not out yet, but he said that Central Arkansas had zero positive tests you know, in the first round of testing after the ball game on Saturday night, which I think they tested them on Sunday. And then heading into this morning's testing, they're still sitting there at zero, obviously. UAB had one. And and that's where that is. There's some other things out there today. People are writing some articles about advancements in rapid testing and results that are popping up that are going to help college teams be able to get up and going. Uh, talking about UAB there. They're playing tomorrow night. Uh, they're scheduled this year. they get got Central Arkansas tomorrow. Then the following week, next week, a week from tomorrow, Thursday night, they, it's UAB at Miami. Um, the Hurricanes hosting a game, and that's one of the te- They're actually allowing fans in there. So you're going to have a, what is it, up to 19,000 fans, I think it is, that they're allowing, something like that, 13,000, whatever it is. You know, a small number compared to what that stadium holds, and it'll be the same thing for the Dolphins when they begin playing. And see, so they're going to play on the 10th, and then they're going to go... 14 days without playing, basically get an off week, when they will go to UAB, I'm sorry, they will go to South Alabama at the very end of September. But that'll also be on a Thursday night. So everything's Thursday night games for UAB to begin with. The month of October for UAB, again, a nine-win team a year ago. That, that, that was a team that lost 30-something seniors off the team before. They still go win nine games. Southern Miss ran them out of the building now when they played them last year in Hattiesburg. That was one of their four regular season losses. I'm sorry, three regular season losses. Okay. Um, 
So the month of October for UAB, they host UTSA in Birmingham. They'll go to Rice. They'll host Western Kentucky, host ULL, Louisiana Lafayette. And then we'll go to Louisiana Tech. And then November, they just have three games in November. It's an 11-game schedule overall. Off the first week in November, then they host North Texas, go to UTEP, finish the year, scheduled there on Thanksgiving week. On the 27th, they're supposed to host Southern Miss for the final game uh, of the year. So that's a look at UAB. Did y'all hear what Coach O said yesterday? About, I heard him say a few things, but I'm not sure what you speak of. Well, the one quote, JB, that got pulled out and kind of shared around to everybody else and right. all over Twitter and stuff was basically the, the, the little snippet, the few words they pulled out was him saying that they could have more players at oh, yeah. LSU yeah. opt out. Absolutely. Well, and everybody – here's where that came from, okay? This is the, the Zoom sort of press conference. It's on the LSU – football YouTube channel if you want to see it. This is what Coach O said right here in in, in an answer to a question about players opting out at LSU. Obviously, everybody's uh, situation is different. You know, Jamar had a different situation than Tyler. I talked to them both about They told me the reasons why they wanted to leave. Obviously, that's up to them if they want to talk to them about that. They both had uh, legitimate reasons uh, why they left the team. It was hard. Uh, it was hard for both of them. Jamar, uh, it was really hard for him to leave the team, and uh, so was Tyler. So I think that the, those guys obviously talked to their families and made a decision. So that's their decision. Uh, you know, guys are going to opt out for different reasons. That's the time we're living in. But you know what? We have we have guys that are going to step up. Uh, there are some opportunities for new guys to come in, and we have a uh, a good roster that can handle that. Uh, obviously, I don't want anybody else to opt out. I wish that, uh, that that might be the last one, hopefully, but it may not be, but we got to deal with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is there a better voice in college football than that right there? Yeah, not really. Not at least in terms of getting your attention. Okay, exactly. but it was in like the last, it was almost like a throwaway comment right at the end of that entire answer when he said, you know, just kind of open-endedly, look, I mean, it may not be. We hope it is, but it, it may not be the last one. But whatever happens on these things, we just have to deal with it. Remember, like right at the end, you heard Anybody him. Anybody else stopped out. I wish that uh, that that might be the last one, hopefully. But it may not be, but we got to deal with it. But it may not be, and we'll have to deal with it. And then the way it gets reported, JB, when you and I were on the air, they must have done that interview with Ed Ogeron yesterday while we were still on the air on this show. I think so. I think it was done in the uh, 2 o'clock Central Daylight Time hour. Okay, and so, because I was seeing those tweets pop up towards the end of the show yesterday. Right. Going, Ed, Orger- Ed Ogeron says they could have more players who will opt out at LSU. Yeah, well, you know how, how certain media uh, outlets are. They're, I mean, they're going to they're gonna pounce on what may be seen as the more negative. But, but and, it, exactly, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And, and, that's the truth of it. Why the the media portrayed it that way, but my thing is, it's an it's another example of why are they doing that? You know, the guy's giving you honest answers, okay? Right. And he throws this little comment in at the end of it that, just like anybody would, common sense tells you, hey, we may have some more. I mean, what does he have to say? Does he have to say, yeah? I mean, there's a poss- there's always a possibility. It could happen at any school in the country, and if they come to you. We just deal with it when it happens. But the way he worded it, 
they saw it as an opportunity to immediately type it up, type it up. Ed Ogeron says they will have or could have more opt-outs at LSU. Let's let's sensationalize the words he used out of context as much as possible to generate clicks and generate attention for what I'm saying. And I just, I cannot stand that that's the world we live in now. Frankly, nobody, nobody likes uncertainty. And so when anytime there's something uncertain, people are going to try to fall to one side of, or the other of, of certainty. Yeah. Like, I'm certain this is going to happen, or yeah. I'm certain this won't happen. Right. And, and I think that's what the media, in most cases, uh, does these days. That's what they, they do. They since you, you had a good word yourself, sensationalize it. You know. Right. When the way that he said it, he in no way was saying they expect to have more people opt out. No. But boy, that's the way they reported it yesterday. It was an open invitation, like vultures on a dead possum. Here we go, boys. Gobble it up. I saw that on the trace today coming to the studio. <laughs> I bet you did. Uh, hey, Nick and Rebel Greg, I'm getting to your texts next on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN. Y'all text me, 885-ESPN. We'll get that going. Coming up next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. Back with you, rolling along on this Wednesday Hour number one of the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Nick on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage. I ate a double helping of jalapeno and cheddar at breakfast this morning from Country Pleasing Sausage. Nick says, David Crane, we're talking about UAB and Bill Clark, and he said, Bill Clark's happy at UAB. Nick said, David must not have watched The Million Dollar Man growing up because everybody has a price, including Bill Clark. You know, Nick, that's the conventional wisdom, but I will tell you, uh, it's not 100%. There are a few oddballs. I'll even say there are a few of us oddballs out there who either naturally don't have the capacity to be motivated by money or refuse to be motivated by money. I think Bill Clark might be one of those. The conventional thought that everybody has a price is false. It is just, it's false. You can't say everybody because everybody, the word everybody means 100%. Guess what? Not everybody is motivated by money. Some people are motivated by different things. Some, many are motivated by money. Some are not. Thanks for your text. 885-ESPN. Uh, I'm coming to Greg, Rebel Greg and Delta and everybody on the text line. First, though, got to do the chunk. I saw this. Uh, Scott Strickland, Athletics Director at Florida, says by the end of the week that Florida will have answers on stadium capacity and tailgating for the season. They'll have answers by the end of the week. On the Divinity Equipment phone right now... Gator Greg on the Divinity phone. Hey, Greg, what's up? Yeah, see, I had to try to uh, scramble to get up, uh, what, 11 o'clock kickoff uh, in, uh, in Oxford. But Mr. White, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was a, a good chance that LSU and uh, Mississippi State was going to be the uh, 
SEC on CBS opener. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the defending national champions. You got Mike Leach coming to the conference, a, you know, well-known personality and a chance uh, uh, to get in there and play a good game early. It looked like to me like probably maybe other than Florida Ole Miss, you know, the best I think they could have done that first week. I mean, I think it's an intriguing matchup. And, you know, uh, it's been a little time in Louisiana the last couple of weeks to know that LSU has had some players opt out. Uh, and, you know, with the with the new OC and new defensive coordinator, if you're going to get a chance to get a, a chance to play with them, I wish that was Florida at LSU, that uh, opener, mm-hmm. because I'd rather play them that week than, than later in the season. I just get to take on that. Well, it, it's absolutely true, Greg. I mean, I was talking to Chris Doring yesterday. Y'all know Chris, former Gator receiver. He's doing radio and TV stuff, and I was talking to him yesterday, and you know, we both agreed. Look, if you're Mississippi State, especially even if even if LSU had everybody back that they were supposed to have back, they had no opt outs. You still would rather catch them week one out of the gates on a shortened preseason with no spring and a new quarterback. That's when you'd rather catch them than when they have a chance to get their act together in week three or four. But look at it this way, Greg. What if? Florida was playing LSU week one with everything they have going on and LSU down to 70 or 71 scholarship players total. What would the line on the game be? I mean, if you were just guessing, what what do you think it would be? Right. Well, I I mean, the game's at Florida this year. So, I mean, you know, the Gators probably, you know, it might be anywhere from probably, I don't know, four to seven point favorite, I think, at home with Florida having everybody coming back. Normally, I'd say probably about a three point favorite, but Hmm. I would think the line might be four or five, but I'll, I, you know, if you're at Mississippi State, uh, if you if you like to play the number, I, I kind of like the number uh, getting the points uh, because uh, you, you kind of figure. I think this defense will be the strength of LSU, but I just I, I have a feeling that Mississippi State can can make some things happen with Tyler Hill that I, I kind of like that one, and uh, you know I wouldn't call the upset right now because I don't know how I hadn't you got the access. And all the players mm. and what they're bringing in, but I think they're gonna. I, I would definitely be on the state side, but uh, this is why your example of somebody, like you said, it, it's not necessarily motivated all by the riches and stuff. You're a successful guy. I think you could be on the SEC network. I think it's more like a case you choose not to be. I think you're real talented. You you gotten a lot better. I actually, when I listened to you on the air, even that Florida game a couple years ago, I had you in the ear listening to you, even though I'm a Florida fan. Because I respect how you call the game. So keep up the good work. JB's doing an excellent job. We're glad he's in there with you, adding a lot to that show. You guys have a great day. Go Gators. Gator Greg. Ow. Thanks for the kind words, Greg. Yeah, I I actually think if Florida were playing LSU week one, I I think Florida would be a two-touchdown favorite in that game. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 to 13. That's what I think. Given every, I'm saying if they're, if the line came out right now and and knowing what everybody knows, that's what I think. Um, State, you know, Greg said he's not ready to call it an upset. I don't think anybody is because there's just we can't. It's different than trying to predict these teams, a different situation than we've ever had, for obvious reasons. But yeah, look. State would have to win a shootout. State's defense is not going to go out there and stop a lot of people. 
LSU without any question, in my mind. I mean, they're going to try to be balanced and do what they do and all that, but they're going to lean on their run game. And a lot of teams are going to go, especially early, this is right out of the gates, are going to try to lean on their run game against Mississippi State for two reasons. One, they're going to feel like they can run the ball against a three-man front and an inexperienced front seven in some places for State until they see otherwise. And by running the ball successfully against State, what do you do? You shorten the game, you eat up clock, and you keep the Mississippi State offense on the sideline. State's offense is going to score on people. Y'all can just get ready for it. you know. So to win the game, you're going to have to win a high-scoring kind of shootout of a ball game. Can State's offense go out-shoot somebody in the first game on the road? I ain't going to be nobody there, so I don't know about the whole on-the-road thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, Greg. Both those teams are a big unknown. They both are. And that's really saying something for LSU, I think. Rebel Greg on the Country Pleasing text line said, if a key player tests positive before a game, does the team administer multiple tests until a negative test is achieved? Gosh, I don't know about that. I doubt it. Right? I mean, Rebel Greg... nose swabs, you would hope. They're not doing multiple tests with right. that. Ouch. Well, and Rebel Greg, listen, well, JB, if if I know they're saying that there are advancements in the rapid testing coming, right? But I don't think we're there yet. Meaning, no, uh, you know, the saliva test I don't think has been proven to be, uh, but the but the blood test that they do, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, within twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, okay, okay. Yeah. So you could do multiple tests and get the results back. Yeah, See, that's and, a, and also I was reading uh, this morning that it's been proven that there are steroids that are readily available already across the economy, mm -hmm. the drug market, whatever you want to call it, um, that are amping up recovery of COVID people who have test positive. Okay. So I think there are new things happening you know, consistently, and and the way this this new test is out, that they should be able just to be able to swab your mouth like a, a DNA. Okay. Well, um, I'm looking at this. This is something we need to read. I haven't. I just. I'm just seeing the tweet, so I can't. I don't have time to click the link and read it right now. But Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, JB, he has one link that says Sunbelt schools spent five hundred thousand to a million dollars on PCR tests that spit results out in 15 minutes. And he said, more rapid test innovations are on the way, a game changer, and that's a quote from somebody, that processes 96 samples in 30 minutes. And then there's a handheld device, kind of like a pregnancy test that goes along with that. He pointed that out. And then there's a subsequent tweet from him. I don't know if it's the same article or not, but it says college football is buzzing about new rapid testing advancements, but there are ethical and resource dilemmas to testing. So what would be ethical? Rebel Greg, your question is a plausible one. Star player gets tested, he's positive. Do you just keep on testing? Until, oh, bang, we got a negative, let's go play. See, I don't think so, both eth ethically and just pragmatically, because if I'm the coach, even if he's my star player, what if it's game number one or game number two? 
Not to mention the fact that you don't know how that's going to, uh, you know, snowball. That's what I'm saying. With the I, rest of the team. Well, because I want to play th- games three, four, five, and six. Right. Right? And so if I know I've got one guy who's got it, as fast as this thing gets spread, even if he's a star player, i got to immediately get him away from my team and probably get the guys he's been around the most away and just play with who I have this week to guarantee myself a better chance of getting to play next week and the week after that and the week after that. Right. But but the thing is, what kind of uh, ethical, moral fallout would happen if, if people found out that you let somebody play oh, yeah. and then, boom, there's mass infection? If it, it, That's the thing about it, Rebel Greg. It is an absolute Russian roulette type of move, okay? Because... You pull that stunt, play a guy who po- tested positive, you just keep testing, you get a negative, and you play him. Somebody gets it, you spread it around, you're done. You're fired. You're done. See ya. On the spot. Stick around.